Hi, everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your co-hosts, Jess Geyer. I am one half of Wannabe Games, and I make TTRPGs. And I'm here with my co-host, Craig Campbell. Hi, Craig. Hi. I'm Craig Campbell from Nerdburger Games, and I make tabletop role-playing games as well. Um, yeah. <sighs> and we're it's the here. the day before Halloween. Oh, yeah, it is. Record. It's super spooky. <laughs> the veil is thin. There are people in costumes. There are drunk people on the street also in costumes. Uh, it's the spookiest time of the year, other than when convention season rolls around again. Um, and we're back here with a special guest co-host, a returning, a, a returning champion. First time. Yes. Brennan Taylor. Hi, Brennan. Hello. You're Thanks for having me on. You're our first return. Thank you for coming on the show again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Brennan, remind our audience who you are and what you do. So uh, my name is Brennan Taylor. I'm a game designer and a co-owner of Galileo Games. And we've published titles like uh, Bulldogs and Mortal Coil. And that's awesome. We're so excited to have you back. Craig, what are you going to talk about with us today? And let me repeat that and rephrase that. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, we are going to talk about, uh, as always, you know, kind of a GMing thing first. And then we're going to go to a, um, a related game design topic. And this is one that I know I've run into. Uh, I, I found myself thinking about it quite a bit when 5th edition D&D came out, when they, when they, uh, incorporated inspiration into the game, which is something that D&D had not had before, which is like a point-based currency bonus system that's kind of core to the rules. And the, 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 you know, the, the question becomes, how do we, as GMs, encourage players to spend these points and also remember that the points exist sometimes? Um, yeah. there, there are some games where people just forget that, the, that that currency or pool of points exists. That's me. And it, and, and it can be like a game like D&D 5th Edition where inspiration is a new thing. Um, it can also be just like a game that, you know, of, of a style that, you know, is kind of typically has some sort of currency and people just kind of get caught up in whatever their character skills and capabilities and whatnot are. And they kind of forget, like, I've got this pool. There's a, there's a box here on my character sheet. There's a number in it and it means something and I can use those and I can reduce those. So what do you, what do you got everybody? What can we do as GMs to help players remember um, and encourage them to spend these? Well, I mean, I, my first step is for me to remember as a GM. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was running 5e, I kept forgetting about inspiration points all the time too. Yeah, so. that was, it took a lot of getting used to when I was it playing. It did, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I feel like if you if you remember as a GM, one of the things you can always do is when there's a situation where the point would be useful, that's when you need to remind your players that they have that resource available. Um, it's just part of the whole uh, tutorial for the rules that the GM can do uh, for players, especially if they're not as familiar with the, uh, the systems. Um, and so if something comes up, say, don't forget that you have inspiration points because the players probably forgot. Yeah, I always forget. I actually, I have to have a visual reminder. I love it when my GMs give me like an actual token, like mm -hmm. give me a poker chip, give me a little marble, give me something that I can have in my hand as a visual reminder, instead of just like a little marking on my character sheet. That Absolutely. doesn't work for an online game though. I wonder if there's an equivalent for that for an online game. 
Uh, well, I think you could, if everybody had like some sort of token thing that they could put on their desk, you know, or on their, on the arm of the sofa or wherever they're playing. Right. That's out of, that's out of place. Like, I think if a if players pick something that's like, you don't want to have like something that's normally on your desk, but if you've got like something that you don't normally keep there, like spoons, you know, just whatever, like you've just got like a bunch of spoons. I'm going to put them on the this shelf over here. And as I have, I have points, I'm going to put these spoons on my desk, whatever, to, whatever the token is and be like, right. and then when you look at your character sheet on the desk or whatever, you flip it through your books and you're like, oh, that's right. I've got these things sitting on my desk that are really out of place. They represent something that I can do in the game. Um, and just every player needs to kind of keep track of that themselves with something like that, I think. Yeah. And I find, especially if the, the token economy is relatively robust and that it, it happens fast often enough that people will get it reinforced that they do start remembering on their own after a while if you remind them uh, a little bit at the beginning yeah I think reminders for sure I mean definitely as a GM remind them if you can remember uh, remind them that they have them um, do you allow oh, quick note for the token thing too, it puts something on the table to fidget with too. For that's people, true <laughs> for, for people who like to have something to do something with, like the, for the people that are building dice towers, yep. for the people that are you know kind of flipping their pen over their thumb or whatever. Like yep. the, if there's a token on the table, they might sit there and kind of flip the coin in their hand, or you know, yeah. and they'll they'll be very aware of it because they use it as their kind of fidget tool. I bought some of those expensive campaign coins a while yeah. back, and that's what I use for my uh, tokens, especially when I'm using uh, fate because that has lots of tokens in it. So <laughs> and then yeah. you can guilt, then you can guilt the players into it. Be like, Hey, I paid a bunch of money for these. Things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Use them. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to have something in my hands too. I am a dice tower builder and that's not fun uh, as a GM when your players are building dice towers, because when they inevitably fall, it does make a lot of clicky clacky noises right. spill everywhere. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I had the funny thought of an inspiration hat that you could put on. Uh, that is not a practical solution, but I just thought an inspiration <laughs> hat would be really fun uh, <laughs> to put on whenever you're feeling inspired. And I was also reminded that on, on those tabletop games, like, like the virtual tabletops too, if you have a fancy one, you can like make a little highlight over a character if they have points. But I tend to ignore those too, unfortunately. I do need like that tactile thing. Right. Do you, as GMs, do you allow your players to spend points retroactively? A lot of these systems, they say that you have to declare that you're going to use it before, uh, mm -hmm. before you roll or before you flip a card or whatever. But when you get into a situation where players aren't used to spending those points, do you, do you ever fudge the rules to let that happen? I, I do, but it, it kind of depends on how important it is that you spend it ahead of time. Um, in the system, mm -hmm. right? Um, but if we're just learning the system, I definitely let people do it retroactively because they're going to roll those dice before they think about all of the implications of the roll. So I'll be like, well, wait a second, but the, the die is already on the table, right? <laughs> right? And in that case, I'll probably let them roll it back and spend it retroactively. I, I agree with that. That's that's a, a excellent approach. I think when it comes to like to expand on the first thing you said too, which was if the game system, if the if this point expenditure and the way it works mechanically, and I don't have an example off the top of my head, but if it's like really intrinsic, like it like spending it beforehand is very important. Like there's some reasoning in how the mechanics play that you should 
always spend it beforehand because it's a press your luck kind of thing or a risk reward kind of situation. And, and the game is built around that or whatever, um, or, or some other, you know, reasoning, then uh, you try to, I, tr I would try to encourage players to kind of remember and, right. and spend it beforehand. But it's, if there's it's not if there's... exactly, oh, anyway, I was just say that an example that's not exactly tokens is uh, Blades in the Dark, uh, where you have the ability to spend your edge, which is sort of like your hit points, uh, to gain an extra die in your roll. I found my players had a little hard time remembering to do that before they rolled, right? Sure. So, um, but I think that like with with a lot of currencies, like spending it after the fact is. Um, you know, you're, you, they're, they're usually going to end up spending it because, well, I just rolled and I just barely missed or something bad's about to happen or whatever. And this is now I got now my point is a way to have a chance to still succeed or to avoid some sort of complication. And, uh, you know, depending on how like doomy, <laughs> like how, uh, you know, uh, gritty the game is like, I mean, I have no issue with, with that sort of thing. I think that right. it's perfectly reasonable. Um, you could also do a, uh, I hate to say it, you know, like, but if you want to try to get it beforehand because it raises the stakes or whatever, you know, mechanically it's, it's important to be beforehand is you can always do it as a, a, like a penalty, like, okay, you didn't spend the point beforehand, but you want to gain the benefit of it now, spend oh. two points. Oh, spend two points. So, so you I can, but you like, now this is like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to Pavlov you into, I'm going to like, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to condition you into spending it beforehand. Because you're going to be blowing through points faster if you wait till afterwards. That would be a That's really a good. That would be a really good way to encourage those players. Like you know, you just completed Final Fantasy VII and you have 50 Phoenix Downs in your inventory you never used because you were saving them for a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be a really good way to encourage those points hoarders to spend if they think that oh, if I don't spend it now, I might have to spend more later later right. yeah. and it would also deplete their hoard a little bit i think that would be <laughs> that would be fun like from that that would be have to something you'd have to negotiate i think ahead of time at the table yes. but um i yeah I, I always like this the spending of points um and like the, the holding out to them versus the spending them especially at convention games i never quite got that psychology of like why are you holding on to this point for a game that's going to last four hours and you are not going to revisit this table with me again yeah what is it about them that we want to keep <laughs> them i but i do it in video games so maybe i do understand yeah. that psychology mm -hmm. i i don't understand it either but like i like you said yeah i absolutely do it too i'll, I'll hold on to the points to be like oh we're gonna need we're gonna need this for the big bad at the end right for the big fight and then you get to the big bad at the end and like it all starts to happen and you're like two-thirds of the way through and you're like i could have been spending points this whole time <laughs> i've got all these points yeah i mean i have i have played in systems where you not only have like little inspiration tokens but like at, at our, our GM decided if you wrote character journals or took notes for the session, you'd get plus one cards like or like plus one success cards, um, sometimes plus three success cards on, on um, that you could spend one time. And we did save a lot of them until we got to very, very important pieces in the game. And then we're like, OK, we want to spend this, 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 this. So we know our characters aren't going to blow up in a fiery crash. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So that's <laughs> just maybe that's my my response to these traumatic experiences of my characters. <laughs> like, I don't want them to die. <laughs> Most of my yeah. jamming is built around terrible things that happened to me as a player. Because if you're at a convention. <laughs> Oh boy. Like, uh, here's a thought too. If the point is 
if the, if the, if the, if the currency that's being used is very specific in what it's for, and you have a player who's playing a character that doesn't do that thing a lot, um, house rule in other uses for the points. Give the, the player other ways to spend the point to do things. If you have a point that's like built around combat and attack rolls, and you've got a character who's you know playing a you know a, a spellcaster or a scion assist or a super powered something or other that is mostly getting you know just kicking off effects that just happen or their saving throws or resistances that are being dealt with and they're not making attack rolls is like yeah make those points usable for something else you can make you spend the point to make a little to to uh, to re retain some power or to get a charge back on a charged item or or just to use a charge, like you're down to one charge on this item. It's like, well, can I spend two points to just like use this item without it depleting its last charge and the item crumbling to dust um, or something like that? Yeah, the system that I was that I was just talking about, it was a homebrew system that our, that our GM did. And we could spend those inspiration tokens to use a power that we had already used all the uses for. Okay. Or, or we could use it to, just like you were saying, here's, here's my item. Um, that it's, it's my, my wand of blasting. Wand of wonder, wand of wonder. Sure. <laughs> uh, and I, I can only I'm, use it I'm, once I'm, I'm wacky and I love chaos and I want to just have random effects with the you know, wand yeah. of wonder, rod of wonder. And I, I feel like people used their tokens for that kind of thing way more often than, you know, just like an inspiration kind of way. Cause it's more fun to use that power that you like and that um, you have limited uses of multiple times. Um, because you have the, the ability to do it then to maybe if it's like inspiration like in 5e maybe get a success right and here's a thought too: make uh allow you know like give different players based on their character concept house rule like a cool use that they can spend the point an alternate use for the point that's specific to their character and kind of what role they're filling that way it becomes a flavor thing and not everybody can do that thing. Right. Um, uh, I was just thinking too, like if you've got, if you're playing a character that is built around being like the sidekick, the trusty sidekick, who's always there, right. You can have, you know, like you could, maybe you get to spend a point to take a, take, you know, take a hit that you're whoever you're, you know, whoever you're sidekicking for, you, you'll take that hit instead, or you can give them like you've got whoever you're sidekicking for, you can give them a point of yours or spend two points to give them one. I like, and play that support role. Um, because that's what your character is um, and let everybody have like their own kind of cool thing that allows you to spend that point some other way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like all of those ideas. This a is lot a game of those, design idea yeah, too. I was going to say those are, <laughs> those are getting into the game design. I'm reminded of what you were talking about with your Muppets game. Uh, <laughs> um, because of my Muppets background. Oh well, yes, that too. <laughs> it, uh, for those of you listening and not actually on the zoom call, Craig has the, the, the Muppets in his background. What would you call, what would you call that? Um, uh, that's the colonnade of Muppets. That's the, you know, like the classic Muppet show thing where you got all the, all the Muppets are on on the up on the big wall with all the columns and arches there's like four tiers yeah. of muppets i don't think the word colonnade was in my vocabulary so i'm glad <laughs> that you had that available at your use i'm an architect in real life the, okay <laughs> yep okay <laughs> <laughs> what about uh not allowing or allowing your players to come back to their inspiration points or or their fate points or whatever after a certain amount of time what about giving them a, a time limit whether like in real time in the game or um, like like as you're playing or at certain milestones or um, time periods inside of the game. 
don't know. I feel like that's a little too punitive for me as a designer. I wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, it does encourage them to spend them, but I feel like uh, there's people are going to feel upset when they lose those points. Yeah, that's how I feel about my personal days when they don't roll over. So right. <laughs> yeah. Use it or lose it kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it ultimately depends on the like what the game's trying to do. Like I think right. in a lot of games that probably is like you said, Brennan would feel punitive. It's like players would feel like they're being punished. But if a game is kind of like, I don't, I don't have an example again. Right. But you know, if, if there's something about the game that is like, you know, in the moment, these things are here for you use them now because yeah. you know, like in, in maybe the points, you know, pile up over the course of, uh, of, of an adventure or a campaign, not just a session, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to use them before the session's out because then your characters like rest. And they go off and they do other things and like those points kind of dwindle away. Yeah, like if it represents momentum of some right. Of right. Some sort. Yeah. It just depends on the system. But like, yeah, most of the time I think use it or lose it is kind of kind of rough. Yeah, I know like plus one forwards and plus one ongoings are kind of like that in a lot of powered by the apocalypse systems. Like your plus one ongoing might only last during that scene or when a certain condition is being met, and your plus one forwards are for your next role. Mm-hmm. You could set you could set a maximum. That's a that's kind of an idea that's adjacent to the use it or lose it. Mm. Like as you earn some, like maybe you'll you'll max out at a certain point. So you know, make sure you use some occasionally, and just as a reminder, just like you know, just like you can as a GM, you can remind people like you know, okay, well you know, you gained another blurg point, and uh, you know, you can only have five. How many do you got? Like right, okay. In the next fight, I'm going to blow a whole bunch of them because like I'm I'm sitting on these and I want to be able to earn more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually makes sense. That could be People's, that could be helpful because then they'll still they'll still get to use them. They'll just be right. encouraged to make sure they and, don't. And the sit players on. will monitor that and and be mindful about when they're about to hit that max and want to spend those points. So yeah, right. And a player group that's really kind of paying attention to each other will remind the others to like spend your points, whether yeah. there's whether there's this max or not. That's one of the things too. Yeah. Is if you've got a a player that's really into using the points and always uses them, you can always just take. You know, talk to them uh, on a, on the sly on the side and say, "Hey, you know, help 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 me be the monitor. Like, you know, encourage the other players, right, mm-hmm. um, to spend points because I noticed that Bob over there isn't uh, spending points very often and gets to the end of the game and has seventy seven points. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you guys, you you folks could have really used those seventy seven points in that fight. <laughs> Although I do really like the idea of like a quiet kind of bumbling character who never spends those points, then suddenly like hulking out the very end like the final boss like throwing down all these bennies to be like okay here we go it's rock and roll time right (laughs) i I was holding on to my power (laughs) yeah and i've 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 designed games in such a way that they do that like where if you gain a point for a for a spectacular failure like it's like I, i often refer to it as the indiana jones rule where you'll like you fail you fail you fail you fail and then everything goes right for you when it really when you really need it to yeah and like if you watch in Indiana Jones movie, like every time he fails, that's when he gets a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he fail. he does, a, he does a bunch of stuff that he gets hosed on. And then he suddenly does something really cool. That's because he spent points. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I like playing games that do give me points. I, I like being rewarded for fun things or for even for just like mechanics things. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I guess it kind of, kind of comes back to that video game psychology of it all. Cause I was thinking the same thing, like with your points maximum, like if I'm playing a game like Legend of Zelda and I have a wallet that only holds 100 rupees 
and I find a, a really cool rupee, like a hundred rupee in the wild somewhere. I'm really upset because I didn't have room for it. I could have been spending all those points and doing more cool, like buying more bombs or whatever. Right. And I like all, thinking about like you as a player, when you're playing a solo game, what would encourage you to spend those points? I think would be really beneficial um, if you are having a problem with your players, not, you know, not actually using them. Yeah. Especially in games where, well, it, it occurs to me too, like, and I've thought about this before, but it's just worth mentioning that, like, like you said, Jess, you like, just like the, the little rewards, little, mm-hmm. the little serotonin shot, like during the game, that's not, that doesn't have to do with leveling or gaining the next spell or whatever, but it's just like the little, the little extra something that you gain. Like if you've got a game where people are finding magic items all the time, or people are buying cool guns and weapons and things and um, where money you know, cash money is, a, is an important part of the game. That's, you know, your little thing, like, you know, you're gaining, you know, I got, oh, I got a gemstone that's worth 5,000 gold pieces, you know, like that's a big deal because now you can buy a cool thing with that. And oh, in, yeah. in a we lot of, even... in a lot of indie games that don't have, that maybe don't like have, have you chock full of magic items or, or buying, you know, like they don't differentiate between, you know, 500 different types of weapons. Um, you know, the, the, the point currency fills that niche. It, allows you it becomes that thing so it, it might be a like remind player if a player is used to playing a game where they're going to be constantly gaining magic items um or gems or you know gold pieces or whatever and you say like in this game you're not getting magic items all the time you're not getting gold and whatnot all the time you're getting these points all the time this is the thing that you should be you know just pay attention to like that so like get them in get the players in the mindset like this is the thing that's going to give me the little reward as we go yeah you know, we didn't even talk about currency, like in-game currency as a form of points. <laughs> like cash it money. kind of is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for, for, for certain games, absolutely. Yeah. Like when you got those, you know, play Shadowrun and you got that whole book full of equipment and cyberware and you're like, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a billion whatever the currency is for your particular <laughs> cyberpunk game and I am ready to turn myself into a robot that is decked out with the coolest guns and gear. <laughs> but your GM has to give you the opportunity to spend those things. If yeah. you are a GM, <laughs> right. you have to give your players the opportunity to spend whatever that currency is. I yeah. hate when I'm adventuring yeah, and I have all this time, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have all this stuff. I want to go spend. You're in it, the desert yeah, for the next like, 18 sessions. Ah, oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll use my gold pieces as breadcrumbs so I can find my way out of here. <laughs> if, if you ever get out of this dungeon. <laughs> this massive yeah, dungeon true. so, so what, yeah uh what, what you were saying yeah making sure that the resource that you are giving out is also got opportunity is super important so yeah yeah and that's important for for the purposes of gming too like yeah that we think about it if you're running a game where there's points that players can spend in certain situations make sure those situations are happening yeah don't suddenly, you know, unless the players are just cool with like, oh, hey, we're going to spend four hours role playing in character and there's no points involved. And it's just, you know, it's an acting exercise and we're going to improvise our way through a story. That's fine. But like, if you know, if there are points there, um, you know, try to keep that in mind because there's probably going to be at least one player in the group is like, I'm I'm just these are burning a hole in my pocket. I got to yeah. spend these. Absolutely. Once one person starts spending them, everyone else wants to spend theirs, too. Right. <laughs> especially like, especially in the big scenes that'll yes. happen pretty quickly mm-hmm. in the big scene. Like everybody will be like, Oh yeah, this is, 
this is this this is important. Look at the size of that thing, or like look look how look how difficult it's going to be to break into this place. Like, okay, we nobody can fail their stealth check. Nobody. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then though, then you have the person who already did spend all of their points on this <laughs> on a sit, silly little there, scene, sitting there with zero points, like. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed, everybody. I'll go last. <laughs> like, dang it, Jimmy, why'd you spend all your points trying to negotiate a better price for that wand of wonder? <laughs> Jimmy, right. Jimmy, maybe you should try sneaking in there first because we don't want to all spend our points and have you bone it as the last one. <laughs> like, yeah. If we're going to get into a fight here, might as well just kick it off. <laughs> well, Again, another thing that we haven't really brought up is kind of like that metagaming nature of spending those points, because then yes. you're you are using them strategically. OK, like, Jimmy, you have no points. Uh, you need to go first, because if you do fail, then we can spend our points to save you uh, instead of spending our points to, um, you know, sneak. All of us succeed. Great. And then you go and like I rolled a four. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's metagaming and it's part of the game. It's gaming the system. Like there's right. like, if, if the game has those points in it, that like, that's part of the decision-making process. That's part of what makes it a game. Yeah. It makes it fun too. It's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I yeah. love, I love that at the table too. Like, okay, I know, like I know as a player, this is going to be bad. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. I, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, maybe it is. It's the, it's the dopamine shot. And you can, and you can encourage players to turn that into a great character moment too. We're like, okay, I'm playing the super clumsy character, but I've got seven stealth points or whatever they are. Right. And so now we've got to sneak in someplace. And so I'm going to go up and I'm going to be like, I never make a stealth check ever. And so I'm going to go up and I'm going to spend a bunch of points and I'm going to do, 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 do. And then my character is like magically, like incredibly stealthy and like describe how like oh my God, they like make no noise at all. And they practically turn invisible at one point. You lose track of them yourself and you have a high perception, whatever, you know, like make a big thing out of it. And like, and let that have, let that be that like weird character moment where the, 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 the real weak character gets in a big punch or the, the, the clumsy character is super stealthy. Yeah. That's, that's turning that meta back into narrative basically. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And encourage that with the players. Like they, absolutely, yeah. those points mm -hmm. are there. Those points are there. Spend those points too. Well, my character's not very stealthy, so I shouldn't spend the points on stealth. No, that's exactly why you should. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or then they spend the point and it's like D&D inspiration and you roll 2d20 and they're both ones. That happens too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about as, as game designers? Because we've been talking, um, oh, we've, we've sprinkled in some hints here and there of things you can do as designers with your um, sub points and currency systems. Like as a designer, I feel like uh, the point system needs to be, uh, you need to figure out the, the inputs and the outputs really carefully. Um, point systems can be very tricky that way because if you make it too powerful, everything's too easy. If you make it too weak, nobody's gonna wanna use them, right? So making that calculation when you're doing the game design is super important. Yeah, that's, a, that's a real play test bugaboo is to yeah. keep, you know, pay attention to that. That's always a question when I, if I'm designing something when I'm play testing, it's like, excuse me, when you spend you spend these points, like were they worth it? Like, did you did you get enough of them? Did you did you spend some? Did you feel like you got the benefit out of them? You know, when did you spend them? Did you kind of sprinkle them throughout the story, or did everybody you know just save them toward the end and then just you know cakewalk through whatever the finale scenario was? Um, yeah, that's a oh, that's always rough. 
It is, yeah, and it's it's complicated. It can be very complicated, uh, especially if you have multiple systems interacting with each other. So uh, you got to watch out for for that stuff. And I I when I'm doing my design, I tend to sort of just wing it at first, and then through play test figure it out. Right. I feel like that's the way a lot of people do it. Yeah. I, I think that that's a common approach to figuring yeah. out and adding points like to your system. It, it, you're adding not just like a plus one complication factor, but you're multiplying the complex, uh, the complexity of a system right. by doing that. Yeah. Um, and it is something, I think it is something that you have to play test to work out. I, I, you have to actually see it in action unless you have a supercomputer brain, I guess. Uh, but I don't think most of us have that. Yeah. I know, I know there's some board game designers out there who can do it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. that's fair. <laughs> that's why most of us. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I definitely think like that. And then with your play test, you can tell people to spend them like, okay, spend them as soon as possible. Or like, what happens if I just let them do whatever, or right. yeah, mm -hmm. put a cap on it. Yeah. I'm really those, interested. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say all those techniques we just talked about you can test all those scenarios basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in those kinds of systems where the players can exchange their points with other people and what that means thematically for the game. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm gonna throw that to Craig because Craig, uh, you were saying something similar with that Muppets game, like I mentioned before, that the thing that's been on your <laughs> mind at least that you're thinking up or craft. I don't know where you are in this process, but. So I'm dealing with that in like two different games. And one of them in this like Muppet inspired game, um, you've got basically a, a number of dice that you distribute to traits, but you can, you'll be able to move those around and also give them to other people. So it becomes a question of like, if Jess is doing something to try to succeed in the scene and I want to be encouraging, if I've got a die or two in encourage, then I literally give those points to some to, to to Jess and they become dice that she can roll um, and then when she finishes that up she distributes those dice onto her character so now it creates an asymmetrical kind of situation with how many points could the, effectively the the dice are points and uh, but then it, you know the, the assumption is that eventually Jess is going to give those dice or give some dice to somebody else at the table and so they'll all kind of make their rounds and over the course of a game everybody will do a little bit of it because it's a Muppet game and everybody's helping everybody else. And, you know, we're all friends here. So there's, you know, there's, there's like, if the game is built to, to share points around, I think, you know, it's perfectly reasonable to like, maybe, maybe, maybe not having, not allowing uh, necessarily the, the points to be, to be given at any given time. There might be like some sort of restriction, like you can't encourage somebody unless you're there to encourage them and give a point to them mm -hmm. to spend whatever like you know maybe there's a there has to be a narrative reason for it where it's, it right. doesn't just become like well i'm going to save your butt right now because we're taking a break and i know that you're low on points and i've got a bunch well why don't you hang around and give points to them when they need it and make that part of the story and in code warriors i'm doing a thing with uh, i gotta this is going to need play testing i don't know how it's gonna <laughs> work out. um where every character has a uh, juice which is like extra power, extra, you know, in, in the game, in the game, you're, you're playing like programs in a computer and it's the apocalypse and everything's the computer's crashing and everything's falling apart. Um, and when you start, um, you have juice and you can spend, your characters can spend juice to, to gain bonuses um, in different ways, mechanically rolling dice and fueling abilities and whatnot. But it's also currency for purchasing things. 
And the idea in the game is that as the apocalypse goes on, you go to different phases of the apocalypse. They're called collapse phases in the game. And every time you jump in a collapse phase, your maximum juice goes down. So it makes it harder for you to survive because you don't have the dice to spend on things to save your butt mechanically. And it makes it harder for you to purchase things. So it swings the game into a barter system, which would be realistic to an apocalyptic society where people would be like, well, that money's not worth anything, you know, or, or it's less valuable. Um, and so people will be more likely to trade for things as well. So those are just ideas <laughs> that I'm hoping will kind of work out. But, uh, you know, it, it becomes a question of like, what is the clear definition of how you earn them? How do you spend them? If you're giving them to other people to purchase things, is, does that just become a free exchange? I'm toying with the idea of there being a, a bleed. Like if I'm going to give uh, Brennan's character, if my character gives Brennan's character for juice, I lose one in the process. So people aren't just, you know, whipping mm -hmm. them back and forth willy nilly whenever they feel like doing it. It's right. like you, you're going to lose something. So... Yeah, and you got to. There's a cost. <laughs> Hello, Dougie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you also have got to um, make sure that that doesn't discourage people from using them at all, right? Yeah. Right. You can't make the cost too high, um, or or people are going to be avoiding it because it's too painful. So yeah, that's that's something that you're going to have to definitely balance out. And, uh, and the hope is that. that it will, as they get to the higher collapse phases, it will be too high. It will be too expensive to to give up when you only can have a few <clears> juice to begin with. You don't want to spend juice on buying something. You will barter for it because it's too high to give up that, that point of juice that you can't have a lot of anyway. Like it's, it's designed to be that way. Um, we'll see if it plays and how players feel about it because <laughs> that's part of it too. Like it's not just like, oh, mechanically, it works wonderfully in my head. Mm -hmm. But if players go, this sucks, that's, that's an issue potentially. So, Well, I think kind of making it like a little thematic with the game encourages use of the points like it makes it feel like it is something that is there in the game um and impactful i mean thinking about what your points represent i think is an important first step like is it luck like is that what it is is it act like they call it inspiration in D, &D. that's so vague <laughs> what does that mean um is it is it stuff like you're, you're plugging yourself directly into a, a battery and you're charging yourself up. Like wh what is it that you are, that the players are, are doing um, and, and starting from there um, to, to kind of be very conscious and mindful about, okay, why am I adding these, these points into my system? Right. Is it just because I played a fun game that had points and I want it to? Why be conscious of it? Yeah. Yeah. It should be very deliberate. I, I agree. Uh, you shouldn't just toss points in on top, and especially if you haven't really thought about how they interact with the other systems of the game. Generally, when I've got points, they're a pretty core part of the game because I want things to sort of revolve around that. Uh, and that helps as a GM with people remembering to spend them when they exactly, are pouring right. some way to the yeah. game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, if they're, if they're that important, so... Yeah. And speaking to expand on both of those uh, things for both of you is, um, you know, be cognizant, like you said, of, of what the points represent, what they're supposed to do in the game. And then like everything about them, like, are they rare or plentiful? How can you get them? If you, if you have to plug yourself into a battery in order to get them, how, how rare or common are these batteries, you know, uh, uh, and, and, you know, and a clear definition of how 
players will use them too, like being the try not to be too vague with like, you know, like they're used for these things. And so make it very clear, you know, and that, that's again, part of what Jess said, which was to really know what your points are to think about, make sure that they make sure they, they, they make sense for what they're, what role they're supposed to fill. And, and, and you're communicating that clearly in, in the game text. Yeah. Writing it down with some clear guidelines. Um, just re- like GM rewards this for, for good role play is I, in my opinion, a bit too vague. It might work out really well for someone who, um, you know, has been playing RPGs for a while. But if you're a new GM or you're new players, like what does that mean? <laughs> when does that happen? Yeah, I mean, think about think about your audience and what they might already know or assume about games um, when you do write your text down for how those points should be spent and when. Right. Yeah, I, I'm a big advocate of making that extremely clear and have the conditions be things that people can quickly identify in a game uh, rather than good role play, which could be almost anything like you're saying. So <laughs> yeah, you put, you put something like that in and then people are, are awarding points to others because they made a funny joke. Right. Which I like, there is a place for that. That is awesome. I, I like when that happens too, but you got to think about those things as a game designer, like, you only have the text to communicate with your, with the people who are going to be playing your game. You, you need to make sure that if you want it a specific way, you have to write it specifically. Yeah. Because GMs and you know player groups are going to house rule for other ways to, to gain points if it fits their play style anyway. So oh, yeah. you're like oh, trying yeah. to, trying to guess like the different ways that players and GMs might want to use the points is kind of a losing battle. Like you're never going to guess all the possible iterations of how people are going to play the, the game you're designing. So, you know, make, make those decisions based on what, like kind of how you think of the game, what the game means to you um, and what, what makes it, you know, what are the point, what the, the points spend, the point spends and how you gain them are intrinsic to how you're designing the mechanical aspects of the game and, 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 what you do with them and how that feeds the narrative. And then, you know, player groups will decide, okay, well, we're also going to give it out when, you know, if anybody makes anybody spit take, that's worth two points. <laughs> we um, <laughs> did like, I have had a game where if you made a certain person at the table, snort her drink, cause she was laughing, <laughs> you would get points for that. So people did try. <laughs> I actually have played a game where there was a, mismatch between us and the rules over the point system and it was a uh, modifius's uh john carter of mars game and what the problem was was that the rec- the point economy was around the idea that you'd be playing between four and six hours and we were playing on weeknights for two hours and so yeah. we had too many points right the the points were uh being generated too fast and not being able to be spent in between, you know, in, in the, uh, in the amount, in the time that we had allotted. So we had to, you know, if I was going to run it again, which I'm, you know, which I may, I would adjust that so that, uh, it would, it would work with that. But that's the thing is, it's not, um, it's not explicitly stated in the rules that that's the, that's the the case, but that's my diagnosis of why we were having problems with the points. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That that's, 
But like I mentioned before, adding points to your system doesn't just add a point of complexity, it multiplies it. And that, yeah. that's a that's that's a really good point there to make about the length of your game session will change that. Right. Yeah. And the like how long it takes to play out an adventure. If if points are tied anyway in any way into using up a certain number of points over the course of a story. Mm-hmm. Right. Or gaining a certain number of points over a story. Well, you know, like that can play into like Brennan's saying with like uh, uh, how long um, you can play for. And so, you know, like it might take many game sessions. And and if you've got games where like people really get into role playing and they don't really like you just you, you play after your characters a bunch and you don't move the story forward a bunch, like you like even longer, you know, potentially that you're kind of tracking and dealing with those points before mm-hmm. you get to the end of this story, because it's just going to take you a while to get there. And if you make if you make assumptions about the way people's the way the players can play, there's always going to be people who are going to play differently. Like well, we can right. only play for an hour at lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, but we do it right. every day at lunch for five days and we, you know, we get a five hour session in because we play at lunchtime at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. A thing to consider to like, I, the, there's so much fun stuff that you can do with these points and, and when you get to spend them and, and, and how you get to spend them. We've been talking a lot about points that the GM awards to players. Have you ever played or designed a system where players reward each other with points? I'm kind of yes. doing that with the Muppet game right now, but let's hear more some more examples. Yeah, uh, primetime adventures. The players. Mm-hmm. It's also a GMless game, so you kind of have to have to. Yeah, yeah, spread those around. But the the points are given out. Actually, that's not a GMless game. Now that I think about it, there is a producer role. So uh, you the the number of points is a pool in the middle of the table, and the players are able to hand those out to each other. So oh, that that's of, interesting. Yeah, it limits how many they have to spread around. So they just can't like everybody gets 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's really I like that idea of having what what's that called again? Primetime adventures. I don't I don't think I've ever played You're it. Basically or... uh playing a out a TV show and it uses like very strict rules as to like narrative arcs and highlight characters like an ensemble tv show like this episode's about this person so they should have a certain number of scenes about them okay so yeah it's a super interesting game and that makes sense with with how like there would be a pool that you can spend from and there's a constant number of points being i'm assuming when they go back in the yeah okay yeah yeah they get traded around basically yeah that's that's fun and yeah. that I think something like that encourages back to the, the GMing thing that encourages people to be using those points all the time because they're there at the table and that's if right. You're holding yeah. on to them. Then someone else doesn't get it. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called fan mail. That's the mechanic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Give, give your points cool names and, and you will make Jessica happy. i'm trying to think of games i don't i don't know if i've played a lot of games where other than like like home like house rule systems where where the players are actively awarding each other points for things but the times that it has been house ruled has been like a fixed amount yeah yeah i've done ones where you're giving your points to other people I've uh, that's I've run into that and I've designed that a little bit more, but like mm-hmm. straight up where you straight up, there's a pool that you can award. Um, geez. Now, okay. Well, that's down the list for putting into a game at some point now. I right. Wanna, <laughs> I want to play with that. I want to challenge myself to make that work. 
Yeah, it's cool. I did, not a lot of games do it. I don't. I can't think of a lot of examples, to be honest with you, where the players are doing the, the handing out of the awards. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think doing something like that from a game design standpoint appeals to me as a like when I GM and when I write games and I'm thinking about the role of like the the game master, I want less of the onus of all of the storytelling to be on the GM. I want mm-hmm. it to be spread out with the players. So um, I haven't made a system where point exchanges happen, but that would be something that I would probably do just because the, then like the GM is no longer like the, the person presiding over everything and controlling everything. Like this is something where the players can feel active and, and participatory. Cause those are the kinds of games I like to play the kinds of games I like to make. Yeah. I'm running a one ring game right now in uh, first edition but the thing they have there is a fellowship pool which you're uh you you basically need the consensus of the group to call on those points the other players need to agree that you should be able to use that point um (laughs) but there is also a selfishness mechanic where if you use it without their permission something happens so okay my <laughs> precious <laughs> yeah that that is that is evidence of a of a game designer that thought about some of those fun player dynamics yes because that yeah. i i bet that can cause a lot of fun narrative drama mm-hmm. um in the game for sure mm. I'm I'm still in the middle of rereading all the Lord of the Rings books right Are now. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. Uh, what about um, like actual currency, like actual money, like actual money? Yeah, like cash, like not actual, not like you giving out people money, but like <laughs> gold and copper and platinum and dollars and you know what, like systems that use real money. Um, as a as a game designer, have you ever designed a game that? where money that the players are spending is important or getting? No, I haven't personally. Uh, but I mean, like D&D, the, 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 the gold economy is actually a real uh, important part of the game because that is part of the leveling mechanic and part of how often you are going to be receiving upgrades to your equipment mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, they, they've put a lot of thought into that. Um, well, it's got nearly 50 years of kind of figuring exactly. out how to do yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. they've, 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 they've made many missteps and just kind of learned as they went. Like doing, a, doing a, a design from the ground up with, with that it would be a lot of work, a lot of playtesting to kind of see like how are yep. people going to spend their money? Is it worth it? Is there enough different, you know, are there enough different things to purchase right. um, to appeal to enough different types of players and different character um, styles, character types um, to make it kind of all worth it? Or, you know... Or worth it enough, you know. Right. Just it only it doesn't have to be super worth it. It just has to be like, okay, well, that's just another thing that my character can do is spend money to gain these things. So I've got this money sitting here. What do I spend it on? Mm-hmm. Um, like in in capers, like like the characters are prohibition gangsters. They're you know ultimately, if you played a certain type of game, you can have the characters get super rich. Right. And what are they going to buy? Well, there's not like super magic items and you know super powered gear and stuff that's going to cost you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you know, there are guidelines in the, in the game, in their in information in the game book for like, if you want to do it, like, you know, build a hotel, <laughs> this is how much it would cost to build a hotel of a certain size and like, okay, now 
you, everybody throws their money into that. Now you've got your hotel. This is like, you know, the casino on the fourth floor and, you know, you can make a big kind of character thing out of it. It's more of it thematically plays to the, what the game is about instead of like playing to mechanics and power level and that sort of thing. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's the real tough part. The tough nut to crack is when it plays into heavily into mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember being in high school and, and playing like, like going through the book and be like, Ooh, I could get a, a, a cart and a horse. If I just save up this much gold, like, <laughs> right. And making that a goal. I, I found that really fun as a player. Um, and when I, I have a cart and a horse, I can carry so much more gold. Exactly. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I like I like that and I would like to at some point make a game where money is important, um, which is kind of funny because I make games where like a lot of my games are about um, punishing people who have too much money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like the money that the players have, though, haven't hasn't been as important. Like in Moonpunk, it's it's about Tanstoffel. It's about um, like uh, trading favors for favors and, and, right. and work for work. But uh, uh I, I am, I'm thinking of all the fun times of like making my, my DM in high school, let our players shop for hours. <laughs> like, let me right. shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and, and like having a whole session, that's the shopping trip basically, you know? And yeah. Yeah. The adventure zone um, has done that in a very fun yes. way like, <laughs> where they solicit from their audience fun items that the people can be purchasing. Nice. I, 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 I enjoy those sessions where they're just buying things from their yeah. weird um, cat creatures. Yeah. Fantasy Costco or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, Fantasy Costco and now <laughs> Phantom Sea Coast Co. <laughs> oh, just to circle back to just an idea off of, based off of that idea, to circle into a GMing thing, what you might do is, is have the players, when, when you first start playing the game, you know, they know this. If it, this works well if you've got players who really know the game, know the system. Mm-hmm. Um, is have them make their wish list of like what they would like their characters to have, not just now, but like 10 levels from now and set and, and put those all onto, you know, cards or index cards or post-it notes or on a list where you can generate a random or whatever. And then and because you don't have an audience to elicit all that stuff from, you can just go to that. And so like, you know, 20 game sessions down the road, they might finally have like, oh, there's this thing that you asked that you were hoping was going to be available back when you created your character and here it is and i forgot that i wanted that and like well, my character's kind of gone in a different direction i don't know if that's useful but hey it's here right. <laughs> like and i can afford it like i, mean, I could probably make some use of it all sorts of yeah. interesting things that's a great do. way to build player engagement too so is mm-hmm. to have them be able to generate some stuff like that yep people like to like in real life people like to gain and collect items and and mm-hmm. people like that it is a, apparently an extremely motivating factor in our human existence uh- <laughs> you mean you mean gamers who have you know shelves and shelves of books and buckets and buckets <laughs> of dice and piles and piles of of movies listen you lay like off to, me like I want to my collect math things yeah, and maybe you know they probably want to do that in their game too. Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I mentioned this on our uh, our live stream um, a, a couple weeks ago uh, that I wanted to make a, a dress up game. That's that's my white whale of game design, um, mm. and it would probably have to be something where you are 
you know, collecting outfit items and like that. <laughs> that would be really cool. I have a player in one of my games who would love that. He he wants to put in a, a dress up scene in every game that we play where somebody's <laughs> going in and changing their outfit and coming out and showing it to everybody. I need to play with this person because that is also my favorite thing to do. Like I want to like look at my new hat. Um, so, I also often so, steal so the, things from other people. The, <laughs> so I can... the, the big scenes are going to be like, the the shopping scenes from pretty woman where they exactly you know, like, yeah trying all the stuff you got somebody who's kind of there and supportive but yes. is kind of like eh, i don't know about that and then you've got the suck up manager who's gonna <laughs> right <laughs> there has to be a lot more sucking up not me her <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah that's exactly i'm not a dress up person but that would be a fun game to play <laughs> well i i do that in video games too like in, sure. in the fallout Spend games so much sure. time yeah, I in Fallout New Vegas, I like the first time I ever played, I was like, you know, my little scrawny new character. I saw a guy in a cool wolf hat and I stalked him across the desert so I could eventually get him alone so I could murder him for his hat. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, I want that in my games. Uh, <laughs> so clothing is currency. Uh, yeah. Think about that, game designer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have a good, a good uh, paper doll style game. So, you know. That's something that's a, that's a niche that's not been filled yet. I, I'm brewing it. It's it's, yeah. it's being All right. brewed. <laughs> All right, it's percolating. <laughs> this this is this has been fun. Uh, I uh, like having these conversations where I'm talking about elements of game design that I haven't personally done yet. I'll mm-hmm. put that put that yet with a little emphasis on it. Maybe someday. It goes into the list right along with the different genres and the different, you know, game idea th- themes and things like, I want to do a game that's about this and it's got this and it's dress up, <laughs> you know, like right. <laughs> mix and match them, do a game jam <laughs> thing where you just, you, you put them all on cards and you just <laughs> draw three things and like make a game. That yeah, does this. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, is there anything else that we haven't gotten to before we close out? the episode because there's so much to talk about when it comes to these point systems i'm sure there's plenty that we haven't gotten to oh, but yeah right our time yeah. is limited it is um, limited today something to give thought to to also give thought to also is um if you have a point system that can be used where the points can be used for different things it's not just one thing mm-hmm. is, is give a little thought to the different types of characters that you might see in the game and the different types of players that might play the game and trying you know finding mm-hmm. ways to appeal to as many as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, points that can get spent for combat bonuses are great, but for the person that doesn't, you know, mostly plays like a support role or, you know, maybe they want to have, a, you know, it'd be nice if, if the, they could spend their points to do kind of role play things or helper things or whatever. So that's another thing as far as design work. And then also be careful of analysis paralysis, which is I think kind of what I did with capers with boxy being spendable on too many things. Mm. But at the same time, maybe people, when they play it, they just find the, the, the uses that they like the most. And that's what they just use them for all the time. Yeah. And that's something that the GM can help, help the right. players through. So guide them through that. Yeah. 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 That is a, that is a good point. Uh, watching out on spending it on too many things. Because yeah, analysis paralysis is a real is a real thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that I suffer from. <laughs> do you think it's if you think it's easy to forget that you have points? It's super easy to forget the seventh out of seven different uses for the yes. points. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I absolutely yeah. would forget that. Yeah. Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, Brennan, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show again. It was was a lot of fun. Uh, Is there anything you want to plug or where we can find you on social media or on the internet or in real life Um, if you want to be stalked? In real life, I want to be stalked. (laughs) Yes, what the? We talked about this in (laughs) pre-production. No stalking invitations. Uh, Oh, dang it. (laughs) My game that has been in production for a super long time and is very late uh, should be coming out in PDF. Uh, in the next month or so, Thousand Arrows, which is a Japanese warring states period uh, powered by the Apocalypse game. And uh, you can find me uh, at Brennan R. Taylor on Twitter. And uh, you can find my company, Galileo Games, at galileogames.com. Awesome. You can find um, me on Twitter at, at Joska and at wannabegames.com or drive to rpg anything from wannabe games and i also have a kickstarter coming up soon uh you can find info on that at bit.ly forward slash means of magic with a k at the end of magic and uh i'm craig campbell you can find me at nerdburger craig on twitter uh the website is nerdburgergames.com and um, there's some stuff there and to purchase there's also games at drivethroughrpg.com right, and thank you everyone for listening and we will see you back here next time Woo-hoo!